This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, and of course, at Gordon Damer, who joins us. He's back again, ladies and gentlemen, day and night, early in the morning, late at night, Gordon Damer is on the air. Hello, Gordon. Larry, how we doing, my friend? Just when you thought you were rid of me, you said to yourself, oh, my God, thank God, I'm finally done with that guy. I don't have to see him anymore. I'm back. Look at that, huh? Isn't that amazing? You're back again, and I don't know how you do it. I mean, I, I happened to be doing some chores early this morning, and then what What I heard you doing some, as as we call it in the business, a little localization. Localizations. <laughs> in between math classes with the kids in the house. Anything uh, I can do out of get a teaching of seventh and fifth grade, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> There's no question about that. Hey, Gordon, we talked about it in our pregame meeting today. And, and you know, this Nick team, where, what you love about them and they're young players and they're hungry, what you love about them, Gordon, and I think this, this game tonight kind of epitomizes it, is that when they were struggling – and they were down 14. And you're thinking, you know what? This is kind of, well, okay. It's the end of a road trip. It's a young team. They're going to struggle. They're going to have up and downs. And then Thibodeau goes to the bench. And the people, like Kevin Knox, who would have thought? You, Kevin Knox last season, you, you wanted him off the team. Gives you a couple of good shots. This kid quickly gives you some shots. Gordon, this young team is playing well. I think what it, it really shows me, and look, I'm not going to get too overjoyed just yet. Uh, I, I, I do want to try to keep things maybe in a little perspective. I've taken the Knicks, like I'm going to take them from the long-term approach, right? Like I generally don't like get too worked up over one game or two games, but now we're kind of seven games into the year. And I think what you're seeing is just competence, how important competency is, right? Like having a competent head coach for the first time in a real long time, Suddenly the Knicks, it's not like it's all thrown together on the court. One day it's one thing, the next day it's something else. And, you know, to have four wins already, maybe it's not that great of a big, you know, maybe it's not that big a deal. But to be four and three when last year you were four and ten, they didn't win their fifth game last year until their 25th game. They were five and 20. I think a lot of that comes to the organization that Leon Rose has kind of put together. And while I might not have been a huge fan of, of the hiring of, of Tom Thibodeau, I think so far you're seeing the immediate dividends of just simply having someone who is competent as a head coach. Yeah, I agree with you, Gordon. And, and I was not uh, I was not leading the Tom Thibodeau fan club down the Canyon of Heroes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee I was not. But I will give him credit in that he seems to have given uh, this team direction. They seem to have some accountability, which I think Gordon has not been on these previous teams. And I'm with you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to say, oh, yeah, baby, this is what I want to see. But I am, I am intrigued with this team, and, and I continue to see them grow. And see, the one thing that you want to see when you watch a young team, Gordon, is to see how they grow together and, and how they learn from each other and how they, the chemistry tends to work a little bit better. And I think you also, especially with the way the seasons have gone in the past, right? Like the last few years, it's been the season begins. You're excited to see maybe not the wins and losses, but, you know, to see individual performances. And then you get five, seven, ten games into the season. And it's, you know, it, they're, they're under 500. And you realize 
they're never going to be over 500 again. Uh, this year, at least they're entertaining to watch. And they're more than entertaining. They're, I mean, they've played really well. And it's been guys, you know, in the past, it feels like they've been less than the sum of their parts. This year, it feels like at least through seven games, they've been kind of more than the sum of their parts. Like Kevin Knox, as you said, didn't really know what to expect, if anything, out of him. Uh, Austin Rivers has been a good pickup. Emmanuel Quickly. Think about Emmanuel Quickly. You know, he's been hurt a lot, didn't have a summer league, is coming in from the draft, and he's provided a spark as well. So uh, it's, 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 all, it's so nice to see. It's nice to be able to sit down and watch a Nick game, and when they get down 15 in the third quarter, you don't think to yourself, well, this one's over. Well, we'll watch again in a couple of nights, but this one's done. Tonight, that was not the case. And you haven't even, and your number one pick is, hasn't even played in days. Right. Yeah, and that takes a little bit of the excitement out of the season to not have him out there. But you know what? The other guys are picking it up. So there's no real – and you know what would happen. If he had been hurt and the Knicks had gotten off to a 1-7 start, I think that there probably would have been a rush to, you know, maybe get him back in the mix quicker mm-hmm. than so- – you know, with the way things have gone so far and the and the, the positivity kind of surrounding the team right now, there's no rush to get anybody back anytime soon. Let him, you know, heal as, as fast as he can. But there's no real pressure on this organization to be like, oh, things are starting to spiral out of control like they have the last few years. The one concern I have is as I look at the minutes of these players, <laughs> some of these minutes, Gordon, are pretty long. Yeah, it's unsustainable, right? <laughs> Yeah, not over the long haul, but once again, I, I, I expected Thibodeau's trying to learn which, which guys play well together. I think the quickly uh, Rivers backcourt off the bench looks to be really good. I think he, I think he can solidify that, and they've got some injuries too, so that obviously uh, changes what the what the minutes are like. And you know what, R.J. Barrett's not played; he's not played bad so far this year, Gordon. And this was a nice game for him tonight. I don't know what he finished with. I got to pull up the line. Um, but it wasn't like he was all over the place and you're thinking, to yourself, oh, my God, this is such a big game. But you just kind of start to expect, and this is the first time I think this year that he's had back-to-back big, you know, big point games where he's, he's broken 20 points in back-to-back games. So, I mean, a lot of it is going to be about him. And a, a guy we haven't even mentioned, Julius Randle. Yeah. I mean, think about how many calls and how many <laughs> cries we had last year getting Julius Randle. I'm sick of watching this guy, Julius Randle. The turnaround on him. So, you know, when you start to not just the new guys that are here right now, like Emmanuel Quickly, but some of the guys who have been here in the past and have not performed like this so far, I think a lot of that has to go back to, a, you know, a tip of the cap to the coaching. No question about it. R.J. Barrett, Gordon, 26 points, uh, 11 boards, five assists. And uh, Julius Randle, 28 points, 17 rebounds, four off the offensive glass. But the one thing that drives you nuts about him still, and he's played well, give him credit. I mean, shot 11 of 19, so his percentage was not bad. Couldn't hit, a, couldn't hit the side of a barn from three. But still, seven turnovers, and a couple of them late in the game that, you know, caused you to get your, you know, your, your tongue yeah. in your throat again. Yeah, they did. They did get a little, <laughs> get a little careless with the ball there, uh, down the stretch. But look, I mean, I have to be admit, uh, I did not expect. I expected them to be better overall this year than they were last year, just because they were so bad. And again, competency it does it is important. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they played this well because again, this is the end. Of, as you said, end of a long road trip, down 15 in the third quarter. Certainly could have, you know. Uh, you know, let go of the rope a little bit, not, you know, quit, but just, you know, end of a long road trip, a young team, banged up team, and they didn't cut, they didn't do that. And the Hawks are, you know, the Hawks are not, ta- they're not bad teams. So, no. uh, and they have some talent. They're a very they deep do. team. And to be able to do that on the road 
uh, is impressive. It is, and that, that team can score. They can shoot the basketball. Yes. They really can. Hardesty and Damo on ESPN New York tonight, 1-800-919-3776. All right, Gordon, before we go to the phones and take some calls, we got a break. But first of all, I thought about you yesterday. As I'm watching the Eagles and, and the situation there, you mm-hmm. know, with Washington, and I'm watching Jalen Hurts on the sideline just rolling his eyes like, what am I doing sitting over here? I said, I wonder what Gordon Damer's thinking about. Fresh off. And, and listen, Miami with a nice season. You oh, know, God, don't. I mean, don't Larry, I, let's a, get this off to a good start here. Miami don't bring nice up season. painful memories. I mean, geez. That's the past. I'm not about you had 10 my wins. New Year's resolution is forward thinking, Larry. That's what I'm about. I'm about looking forward, not looking back. That's Sunday. I don't want to look back anymore. Okay. Nice season, oh, though. God, Ten what wins. a brutal. Ugh. Yuck. Ten wins. Yeah, great. You know. I, I, I mean, hear Giant fans the crying NFC about East? not getting into the playoffs at six and ten. I'm ten and six. I don't get into the playoffs. I got a gripe. <laughs> if you were in the NFC East, you, you, you oh my god, we would have wrapped this up in November. <laughs> you would have had it easy, right? Mm-hmm. But but I, I can imagine you were not very tolerant of what you were probably seeing on Twitter last night from Giant. Well, fans. you know, Giant fans. Ha- look, I understand it. They've mm-hmm. left. They've lived a charmed life. I mean, they they're giant fans. They expect that things just kind of break right for them. Be it playoff runs, be it Super Bowl runs, be it Super Bowl wins. And I think that they have. I, I would have thought it would have happened by now over the last few years that they'd realize that that charmed life, that that beautiful existence that they've lived in, is now over. I mean, you're just like the rest of us now. Things don't just happen to break right for you all the time. And to think that the amount of complaining I've seen and, and just tears, salty tears, over a 6-10 and 10 team not being helped out by their hated division rival. The amount of people before that game on Sunday night, Giant fans, tweeting, fly, eagle, fly, mm. thinking that it was just going to be, hey, oh, we're the Giants after all. And it just didn't turn out that way. And... They have no gripe. They have absolutely no gripe at all because at the end of the day, the Eagles, for whatever, however we want to dis- dissect it, they did what they thought was best for their organization. You might disagree with it, but the, they, don't, they don't disagree with it. That was an intentional thing that they did, and uh, I, I have to assume that it wasn't just Doug Peterson doing it on a whim. I think that they probably, within an or- the organization, had a conversation about how they wanted to approach this game and, and whether or not a win was important to them or would they rather have a higher draft pick. And it cl- clearly turns out, thanks to Nate Sudfeld, they would rather have a higher draft pick. For me, I listen, far bigger for me to tell Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles, how to run their business. But for me, with, with the idea of how important wagering is in the National Football League and how mm. they set lines and stuff like that, it would have been nice. If you were going to play this kid, start the kid. Okay, listen, you know right. what? Start them. Don't, I, because I think for me, as I look at it just from the outside, if I'm, if I'm a player on that team, I was a little hot. If I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm a little hot at that. How are you pulling me out? I'm trying, to win the, I'm trying to win the job on this team here. So don't pull me out there. So from that standpoint, you know, start, to, start Sudfield. Let everybody know what's going on with them. And you go ahead and play. You know what? If, if, if the Giants are upset that you started this guy, listen, get in line. Uh, you know, the Colts, there was some Colts fans upset that, that you know, 
Peyton Manning got pulled when the Jets were playing a couple of years ago. And there's always issues, Gordon. We look at it this time of the year. There's always something. There's somebody resting somebody in, in the NFL. Well, look, here, I was very, you know, I tweeted a lot last night because of the Giant fans and their tears. I just, uh, I, had, I, felt, I felt compelled. Make no mistake, do I think that what the Eagles did was an issue for the NFL or should be an issue for the NFL, a concern for them moving forward? Absolutely. You know, to, to flex into a game on a Sunday night, the final game of the year where you're looking, you know, to, to put two competitive teams on the field – uh, to have that happen is a bad look for the league. I just don't want to hear any of the complaints from Giant fans. That's, that's mm. the one that I want to leave out. Gotcha. Everyone knows it's the first rule. You don't leave your playoff fate up to other teams because if you, it, when you do that, so, yeah, maybe sometimes it might work out for you. But when you do that, you have to expect that those teams are not motivated the same way that you are. So uh, I have no problems um, with uh, the league saying, hey, wait a sec, we have to do something to maybe decentivize losing or tanking in this case. Um, that I have no problem with. But the Giant fan, I, have, uh, I don't want to hear their complaints. It's just a process, Gordon. Just the process. Trust the process, <laughs> right? That's Philadelphia. That's what they said. Trust the process, right? I mean. That's right. So that's what they were doing. Yeah. Gordon, let's go to the calls. Buddha in the Bronx. Start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Gordon, I always knew you loved that nightlife, baby. <laughs> I, I, it's amazing. I love it. This is me Welcome in my back, natural man. state. That 5 a.m., that does not agree. Nobody voluntarily wakes up at that. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, man, I'm, I'm so happy to see the Knicks playing well. You know, it's been a tough year for us New York sports fans. But um, when I watch the Knicks, there's two things come to mind, man. The first thing is, I just have to ask the question: What in the what in the world? And that's the term I want to use. What was Fisdale doing when he was here? Oh my God, he was a bad coach. <laughs> you see the difference in, in in the team? It's like night and day, man. You know. And, and then the second thing it makes me think about: I just hope, you know. And and, and I know these guys they piss me off so much, man. I, I, I heard you before going, and you were talking about um, it's hard to be a fan and give up the team. We always come back. Man, you know, the Jets, they're pushing me the other way, man. Like, I'm so ready to cut these guys loose. You know, I, I, you look at and you hope that they're watching what's going on. I don't know if the Johnsons watch basketball, but you hope that they're watching what's going on over here at Madison Square Garden. I mean, you know, listen, man, I'm listening to Chris Johnson. Like, they, everybody loves Chris Johnson. Now, they, they give him credit for um, firing a guy that he should have never hired in the first place. I mean, that's number one. You know, please, I, Chris Johnson. He has some statement that he came out with um, today. You know, um, I want to win, and you know, the next coach is going to be. Um, we're going to Joe Douglas is going to have a lot of say, but he still used that same word. It's going to be a collaboration. Oh my God! Here we go again. We're going to get another coordinator, and 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 why are they doing this to us, man? Just look at what's going on in Madison Square Garden. That's your proof in the pudding there. Julius Randle went from, in one year, the most hated player in New York to, like, he's going to be an all-star team. This team is going to teeter around from 450 to 500 winning percentage all year, possibly get an eighth or seventh pick, and then you watch. All of a sudden, people are going to want to come here. I mean, it's not rocket science, man. Somebody shake Chris Johnson. Please, Woody Johnson, you come back. 
take over the team, put your brother somewhere. But, but you know, but Buddha, clean. what's crazy to me is the Johnsons. I mean, how long have they owned the Jets now? Is it is it twenty years? I mean, they've owned years, it man. for a very long time. And look, there are a lot of owners of NFL teams that maybe they, you know, they're not diehard football people. You know, they didn't grow up with it. But it just seems like that they are. Um, it's kind of hard to believe that you could own something for twenty years and never get better at owning it. Like Listen, they're not Woody more Johnson started out. It wasn't what bad. Needs to take place. When Woody started out, Gordon, it wasn't bad. And no. the three coaches that he hired. They were credible. They all got fired for different reasons, but they were credible football people. I'm telling y'all something, and this is the stuff that, like, I hate to get upset, but this is stuff that pisses me off, man, especially when I listen to the station. Like, they make excuses for this guy, Chris Johnson. Like, I don't care if he sat down and he took a knee with the players and, he's a, and you know, he, he's more relatable and all. I don't care about any of that. I just want to see a product on the field that you could be proud of. Since he's got to this team, they have – 18 wins, and I think it's 39 losses. Like, that's not some kind of accident or something. He, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, and he's still, you know, is, is he still saying the same things? This collaboration. Yo, bro, listen, you're not good at football stuff. Spend the money. Yeah, I hear you, Buddha. Here, and here's the thing. Thanks for the phone call. Here's the, here's the situation. Okay, now it seems like, Buddha and Gordon, that – when Woody comes back, they're going to have a hierarchy like what normal teams do, where where the coach reports to the general manager, and the general manager reports to whoever the president of the Jets, oh and the God. president will report yeah. to to the to to the owners. So it looks like they're going to go with a normal hierarchy as opposed to I get to go I get to go behind your back and tell what's wrong with that. Here's the gen- look. I would have done it this way, but the general manager wouldn't give me the player I wanted. And so instead of battling that way, if they're going to go back, I think that's a step in the right direction. And the fact that they're letting Joe Douglas be in the front of this you know, organization and this search is a good thing. I mean, obviously, with the owners you have, you're going to be in the room. Somebody's going to be in there asking questions. It's not just them. But, you know, at least he's going to be the guy that, that you know, will bring it to the table and hopefully helps them make the final decision. Well, look, I, I mean, Joe Douglas can't do any worse, right? Like, no. <laughs> if Joe Douglas no. says, I want to hire my nephew, I mean, I, I don't know I really that it could be any worse than this past year. So I did find it interesting that Chris Johnson was, was lavishing such praise on Joe Douglas and just singing his, oh, my God, he loved it. But the problem with that is, with Chris Johnson, is that he said glowing things about Adam Gase in yeah. the middle of this year. Like, it wasn't like before the year that he said, you know what, I really think Adam is he's really on the ball. I mean, the team was losing every single week, and he's calling him a brilliant offensive mind. So mm-hmm. I think that Joe Douglas is probably the person that they should rely on almost exclusively. I, I just kind of worry that what happens if they, you know, they cast this wide net and some big-time name – yeah. wants to get hired by the Jets, would they be swayed by, you know, would ownership fall in love with that big name and then, you know, get back into the same situation again where, you know, the coach has more power than the GM, you know, it's a, it's, it's a mess. I just hope that they learn from this situation. Yeah, you know, and hopefully they have. You know, so going forward, they won't make the same mistake, hopefully. At least for, I hope Make new mistakes, right? Don't make yeah, the same mistake. Nice. Make yeah, exactly. new, fresh mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some, something different so that we know that you learned. Chris is in Queens. Hey, Chris, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, guys? 
Don't go, Chris. Uh, what's up? Chris, what's up, man? <laughs> Um, I have to agree with you. I'm a Giants fan. Trust me, I have no tears. We got what we deserve. Every time we get our, we're in a position where we control our own destiny, we give it away. We have the perfect opportunity. The conference that we're in, we could have tripped, slipped, and fell into the playoffs. But someone else on our team is putting out the trip cord, so we done tripped and fell, but we couldn't get in. So, it's like when you control your own destiny and you screw it up, you deserve whatever you got coming. And we were technically playing with the house's money because Dallas was completely off the chain. Washington, in the beginning, they were clueless. And then all of a sudden, they started to pick it up. We had the opportunity, and we pretty much just dropped the ball. Do I have tears? No, I don't. I mean, because we were playing with the house's money. That's just my opinion. And, it, it, you know, we, it's, oh, it, it burns me. Do we have a chance to do it every year? We do. But I still blame it on my, my, my wonderful management and my offensive line. We, we need to protect the quarterback. I but mean, you know what, the Chris, guy is you know great. What, Chris, and, and thanks for the phone call. Got to run. You know what? To, to be fair, uh, the offensive line played better. Your mistake was I think you brought Daniel Jones back too quick. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? If you yeah. give Daniel Jones an extra couple of weeks – I mean, you know, he's healthy. He's able to move. Yeah, I, look, I, I, in terms of I, – I actually think – you know, I don't want to be too negative on the Giants because I do think that they have a very bright future. I agree. Uh, I think it's going to be a big year next year for the quarterback, but I like the coach overall. I think that he's got things – you know, when you talk about setting the culture and setting the tone, I think he's done a good job with that. Uh, considering the obstacles that he had to overcome as a first-time head coach in the NFL with, you know, a bad team the, the previous three years, I think he did an excellent job. But I do think that next year is a huge year for the quarterback, and it's almost like they have to go into this draft and this offseason surrounding him with weapons. You know, you get Saquon back, but they got to get some, you know, I know they have a Pro Bowl tight end, but they got to get somebody mm-hmm. who can catch the ball a couple of, you know, different positions so that you know once and for all whether or not Daniel Jones is really the answer moving forward. Yeah, and, and that's the big question, Mark. And, uh, you know, that's something that they really have to decide. And guess what? They have no answers this year. They think they kind of know. But next mm-hmm. year you really need to see because what's similar between him and Darnold is they can't stay healthy. And so if you've got a franchise guy, you need your franchise guy to stay healthy. one 800 919 also weighing in on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Taking your calls, getting your thoughts on the Knicks, who won 4 or 5. Also on the situation with the Eagles. What should the NFL do to make sure what happened last night doesn't happen again from the NFL side? Not just from, you know, the Giants who, Giant fans who may be upset or Dallas fans if the situation was reversed who may be upset. But how do you deal with this to keep from this happening again? Also, what are the Jets going to do? Are you confident that they will do something the right way this time, hopefully? Here's some uh, thoughts on Twitter, Gordon. Uh, at Paul M. Connell, Connell II. Knicks certainly are exciting to watch. I like what I'm seeing from this basketball team. Good for them. Here's another uh, another person that weighed in, Gordon. It, it, it brought a uh, smile to my face, and I'm trying to find it uh, real quickly here. But to paraphrase, the, the person said, oh, here it is. It's uh, at Jeremy Ryan Slate. 
I've been embarrassed for years to admit to people in the public place I'm a Knicks fan. They look at you funny. Maybe that changes this year, finally. <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, if you're talking about credibility and competency at the head coach, I think that that's where it's got to start. You know, like, I think so many times the Knicks try to take, like, three steps forward and they try to make the big splashy move. They try to, you know, to hire the big fancy name, the big trade, the big free agent. Sometimes just taking a couple of steps, taking one step forward, right? Like from where mm-hmm. they've been the last few years. This has been – look, it's only seven games. We don't want to get too carried away with it, but it's nice to be able to actually sit down and watch some competency from the team, uh, at least in the early going. And it's it's surprising, right? It's, it's nice to be yeah. able to sit and watch a win where you, you think, um, you know, and as we said, end of a road trip, you know, down 15 in the third quarter, and they still come back and, and find a way even without their number one pick in the lineup. And before we get back to the phones, Gordon, I think the other thing that you really like that I've caught and noticed is when players come out, I don't care whether they're veterans, second-year players, rookies, there's one of the assistants that are talking to them about something, either what they didn't do, what they should do, what they need to do. And that that coaching – and, Gordon, you know, you, you've covered sports a number of years. You know that when you watch teams, even when you follow teams that, that are your, teams you root for, Coaching matters. You know, we talk about leagues. Well, it's a player's league. It's this, it's that. Coaching matters. Yes, you have to have talent, but you have to have somebody that the players understand and believe they can make them better. And you look at this Nick team with the young players, the coaching that you see that takes place also in practice, but you see it on the fly right away. Come over here. The shooting free throws, come over here. Let me talk to you. That's what, and it's reinforced, and I think, that's what you see, and for young teams, they need that because, Gordon, that's what they get in college, especially yeah. from the NBA. Yeah, and I think it has to do with as well, like, you know, not just the message, but the messenger, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it's somebody who you don't really, and I don't want to say respect, but, you know, you don't have a lot of faith in who doesn't have as long a track record as Tom Thibodeau does, uh, maybe in the past, you know, it's just not been the right mix, but it's also not been the right messenger sending whatever message they've been trying. With Tom Thibodeau, I think players can kind of trust that this guy knows what he's doing from an X's and O's standpoint. So maybe he gets a little bit more leeway than, you know, some of the other coaches that, uh, that they, the Knicks have had here, you know, Derek Fisher or Hornacek or, or Fisdale. Yeah, no question about it. And Fisdale turned out, you know, Fisdale, when you look at him, he's like, he's <laughs> not to disrespect him, but he just seemed to be a guy that was a caretaker as opposed to a coach. Like you've got a veteran guy, and he's just like, to make sure everybody's okay, the minutes are all right, just to fraternize. You know, okay, guys, it's going to be all right. It just seemed like he wasn't really a hands-on coach or what they needed. Yeah, it, he was not X's and O's, right? He was relationships. He was. I mean, his appeal was that he think the Knicks thought that he was going to be the, the fast track to getting big free agents, and uh, that did not uh, turn out to be the case. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that did not work. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Happy New Year to Larry and Gordon. Uh, I'm glad that you got the, the new shows come up. And, of course, uh, not just you guys, but also my guy Brian McGee is on behind the board. So hopefully get to talk to him after postgame and everything. So glad you have him on you guys. Thanks, Charlie. All right, so uh, I know the Knicks won everything. That's a nice win. I actually get to watch the Knicks on MSG because I'm not on my cable system, like, figure out. But, but Larry, let me say this, man. And people believe in the, the Giants, like, pe- like oh, did they get help from the Eagles? Or not? Let me say 
something, uh, Larry. This is why I wasn't. I didn't want to like you know invest in on the Giants because I knew this team was going to disappoint at the end. And I told, I, I said it, I said it, Larry, to you a couple of weeks ago that this team was done at one and seven, and I was like, I was like that team was like a dead man walking to me. I knew the team, the, the four game winning streak of Fugazi. The quarterback is a joke. Uh, next year is going to be his last year for him. Uh, two more turnovers. Uh, I think the coach is a clown. Uh, why, in the, why in the heck in the world but the fraud, the GM, is not taking out? I mean, yet again, this team's 10-loss season. Is that improvement? No. This team's going mean, to – I think this team's going to have another 10-loss, double-digit loss season. And guess what? The fraud GM's out the door. Next time, when, next time that's when that happens, come Black Monday, they're going to send SWAT units to get – and drag him off the out of the building. That's what's gonna happen. So what happened is until they change the GM, Giants are going nowhere. And the quarterback too, and the whole coaching staff. Because and all the people saying people saying, oh, people are like they're rooting for these. No, I don't even bother. I don't even bother. I don't care. I don't care. The Giants are done. What is well, I, they, they weren't done. I mean, the, the fact that look, look now, it, it was a fluke. The fact that they just happened to play in a division where six wins could have gotten you into the playoffs, I would agree with you there. I like the coach. I don't like the GM. Um, but I do feel, I will say this, and Charlie, thanks for the call. I do feel like the Giants are taking an awful lot of bows for a team that went 6-10. and 10. I mean, you know, to hear J- Joe Judge today talk about, you know, we would never do that. We're set, you know, the setting the culture and this and that. I mean, it does feel like that they, you know, we got this pointed in the right direction. You, you went 6-10. and 10. I mean, you know, and you were playing in the worst division we have ever seen. Yeah, it was a little uh, Belichickian of him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, and I can understand, comments. you know, they're ticked off that the Eagles did sure. what they did, but the Eagles did what was best for them. Yeah. Um, it just feels like, you know, I, I, it just feels like when you're with the Giants, the, the, you know, they have this, and, and, it, and it's worked out in the past, mm-hmm. but it's not worked out in the recent past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the days of the Giants just leading this charmed life, it just feels a bit much when you've gone, you know, outside of one year, the three years that before Dave Gettleman got here, like take out the 11 and five year, the three years before he got here, they have the exact same record mm-hmm. as the three years with Dave Gettleman. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, you know, you like, you like some of the things the judge has done. And I agree with you. They're pointed in the right direction. They needed some structure and you're starting to see that now they have to do something on, on, on the field. And I will give them credit. And Gettleman made some moves defensively. This is a, this is a pretty good defense, Gordon. They they made some changes defensively, and this is a defense. I mean, last year the secondary was brutal. They they've upgraded, so that's a good thing. So you know, look, if you're a Giant fan, you're upset with what happened. But the bottom line is, you want to see what happens next year because you have to decide, as you mentioned, Gordon, about what's going on with your quarterback. Yeah, and look, I'm not going to crush uh, Gettleman because he did do some good things, but even the good things that he did, they come with negatives. Like yeah. Bradbury Martinez, great signings. Why did you have to go out and sign free agents that way? Because you blew picks in the draft that did not work out. Leonard Williams, fantastic. Great job getting more out of him than the Jets ever were able to get out of. Now you're going to have to pay him, and you gave up draft picks on a team that should have been rebuilding at the time when you could have just signed him as a free agent. So uh, for every good move, there are bad moves. But at the end of the day, the record is the record. You were 15-33 and 33 the three years before Dave Gettleman got here. You're 15-33. and 33. It seems like there's an awful lot to talk about progress when the record is exactly the same. 
Leslie's in Jersey. Hey, Leslie, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Yeah, thank you, guys. I agree with you, Gordon. The Giants and their fans came out looking like idiots last night on Twitter, writing about what Doug Peterson did. Yeah, what Doug Peterson did was wrong, but the Giants have no one to blame but themselves for being in that position. They shouldn't be in that position where they need their hated rival to help them get to the playoffs. Okay, the, the Giants blew it by being awful all season. They haven't. They lost three in a row prior to yesterday. I don't want to hear from Joe Judge, the Giants fans, the players that used to play for the Giants, and the New York Giants crying about spoiled milk. And I'm sorry, the six and ten Giants season was a joke. They, they stunk all season. They didn't deserve to make the playoffs. It would have been a joke if they won the division, guys. Well, I well, hear you, Leslie. The thing but, is, everybody, yeah. you know, the Giant fans who apparently in their free time, they spend it worried about the integrity of the National Football League. Because that's, that's, that was the buzzword last night on Twitter, Larry. I don't know if you saw this or not. Mm-hmm. It was integrity of the game, the integrity of the sport, and uh, how this was a joke, this was an embarrassment to the league. I would simply say I think that a 6-10 and 10 team going to the playoffs would have been just as big of an embarrassment. Yeah. And and to be honest, you know, if, if Ron Rivera, you know, doesn't screw up and, and go for the and go, not for go, two, go for two, Riverboat. Yeah, Ron. exactly, go for two. I mean, <laughs> they're the one that anyway. We wouldn't have had this mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, all the teams are flawed. I think that yes. the Giants I mean, if you had to pick out of the four teams moving forward, which one you do feel the best about, right? Cowboys get back Dak. Yeah. Washington is going to have to solve their quarterback issues. The Eagles look like a complete oh, disaster. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say that the Giants are do have the brightest future, mm-hmm. but so it's hard to really have any uh, real faith in that when you don't really have any level of confidence in the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. co- the quarterback is such a is such an unknown. I feel like no question. And I would say Dallas, but listen. <laughs> The way Mike McCarthy, the decisions he yeah, made this I mean, year in oof, Dallas, yikes. I, yikes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't <Yikes>. know. <laughs> How am I sitting on my couch and I can see that Pettis didn't catch the ball and he's yes. standing on the sidelines and doesn't have somebody saying, hey, you know what? That guy didn't catch the ball. Unbelievable. And this is not, and he's made some, that, and that's the latest in a series oh of my bad God. He's been decisions a he's had. He has he been has. a nightmare. He really has. <laughs> We're kind of doing that with you as well on the phones. Let's go back to the phones and talk to, hey, Spike is awake. Spike's in Jersey. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. Spike never sleeps. I know. Hello, my friends. You're right. I don't sleep because I got to talk to my friends here. I don't know what the hell happened with the Knicks, but let's give my old friend Mike Woodson a little credit. They're not those three-point shots. They're leading the league in the lowest percentage of three-point shots allowed. I mean, that's amazing to me from last year, boys. What do you see? Am I right? Yeah, it is unbelievable. And, and you know, even tonight, they, they had errors in, in certain spots, Spike, where they messed up. And listen, that's what happens with young kids. You know, you get that emotion and, and, and it changes. But they at least competed. And that's what, that's what they didn't do previously. So just the fact that they are challenging folks defensively Spike and Gordon means that it allows them to at least stay into the game. So when they go through droughts, they're not down 20-25 as opposed to being down 10-14. to So they have a chance to try to get back in. 
Well, what's important to me that I see is the percentage of three-point shots allowed went from worst to best. I know it's seven games. I agree with you, Gordon. Let me see it. You know how I feel about Julius Randle. I'll give him all the credit in the world, but he can't turn the ball over like this. But the the Knicks are beating everyone's ass off the boards bad. And, uh, you know, it's a typical Thibodeau thing with the minutes played. I think, uh, Larry, you alluded to that early. uh, And we haven't seen the number one pick above for one game. Maybe he played but even quickly, who I watched at Kentucky, he played two years there. That kid, he's 19, <laughs> and he can guard, and he's up in your in, in, in your grill, and he can pass. And uh, I don't know what his plus minus was tonight, but it was high because he just he was really good for his 20 years. Plus so 17. Minutes, how many minutes? 20 minutes? 19 minutes, 16 Four. points. I mean, this kid's nine. I think he's nineteen years old. Him and Rivers coming off the bench looks fifteen. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Mitchell. I thought that was just my age. But you never watch Mitchell with the fouls again. But the, listen, yeah. I'm not. They, they got to get their best shooter back. Yeah, Burks is still out. That's right. So uh, it'll be a while. Listen, boys, good luck to you again. Happy belated New Year, Gordon. You know, what happens, happens. Larry did make a point. You did win 10 games. That, that is the I, motto of my life, Spike, what, with the Dolphins. What happens, happens. <laughs> yeah, well, you caught a bad break with Fitz being out. He would have yanked them. You know, you did. But uh, they, yeah, it was they, they a good team that beat them. It's what it is. And uh, listen, I'll talk to you. You guys go break a leg, enjoy yourself, and stay safe, please. All right, thanks, All right, Spike. Spike. Thanks, man. But I will say this, Gordon. You have a good coach. Flores is a good coach. Yeah, he does. He does seem like he has a, a real grasp. Uh, speaking of competency, right? I think he's mm-hmm. better than just competent. I think he's actually pretty good. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, especially in the NFL, you got to have a coach. If you don't Definitely. have someone running the ship, man, it, it can get ugly real, real fast. And it's it's a hard job. You, you see guys that are able to do it at one point, and then they go someplace else in a different situation, and they're just not – you know, Mike McCarthy is a perfect yeah. example, right? You yeah. take a look at his resume in Green Bay, and you can point to Aaron Rodgers all you want. I mean, the guy was well, – I mean, he had a fantastic win-loss every single year. They're in it every single year. But, uh, yeah, it looks like the Dolphins have the coach now, whether or not they can find a quarterback. That might be another issue. And, and I will say this just from the outside. He's not the typical – and I don't think Joe Judge is either – He's not the typical Belichickian clone, right? He's not the guy no. that, 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 you know, I know everything. You know, I mean, and I'm kind of biased because I had to deal with Eric Mangini for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was little Belichick, as one of the players told me. That's what they called him mm-hmm. up in New England. So, but Flores seems to, have, seems to be his own personality. And, and the same thing with Judge is his own personality. Yeah, you can understand, you see the influences of, of, of Belichick there and being on the staff, and why not? He's one. But they are their own person. I think that's important. Yeah, you know, like some coaches are like the leader of men. They're not maybe necessarily the X's and O's. They're kind of the overseer. I think Flores is a nice balance of he is a leader of men. You can see why guys like to play for him. Mm -hmm. But also in terms of the X's and O's on defense, they've done a lot of things this past year. Um, where the defense, he, you know, he took advantage of the pieces that he had and coached them up in the right way. So he's a nice blend, and hopefully he's not going any. You know, we've had other guys, a couple of guys, a guy that you saw here on the sidelines for the last couple of years, uh, you know, didn't work out so well. So yeah, You should have kept him. <laughs> Lucas is in Westchester. Hey, Lucas, you're next on 98.7. How's it going? Happy New Year. Hey, Lucas. All right, so I've been listening a lot. I've been hearing a lot about the Jets and, you know, with the Trevor Lawrence talk, 
I am a Cowboys fan. I see what we did a few years ago. We drafted Zach Martin, 16th overall out of Notre Dame, and we made DeMarco Murray look like the best running back in the league. Um, I don't see where the Jets are going to go if they don't do something, you know, with an offensive line. they got to take care of that before, you know, they can get a quarterback that's going to work. If they take Trevor Lawrence, I think they're just going to ruin him. Well, they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. I haven't heard. Uh, yeah, uh, Hurts or yeah, not anymore. The guy. They, I they mean, look, Justin to, Fields are going to look. They the, the problem that the Jets, I think, kind of have is that they could very easily, when you take a look at what the value is of that second overall pick, it's very tempting to think to yourself, you know what, I can take this pick and really, if you're Joe Douglas, really set myself up as long as one of these quarterbacks lights up the room and somebody else really loves one of these quarterbacks. We move down into the middle of the round. We get a first-rounder this year. We get a first-rounder next year. The problem with the Jets, more so than I think anything else, is they just don't have a whole lot of talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have Mike McCagnin's era of drafting was so horrendous. I mean, they will be telling stories about this for years to come, how bad he was at drafting. And that after Idzik, who was also horrendous at drafting. I find it hard to believe that Joe Douglas has waited his entire life and now has the second pick in the draft that he's not going to take a quarterback. But I do think that they could convince themselves, you know what, let's build a little bit more around Sam, give him another year and, and see where it goes, especially if you can take that second pick, move down and get another pick, you know, a number one next year as well. And, Gordon, that's going to depend on who the coach is, right? Because let's say whoever the coach is, he comes in and he says, you know what, I think I can work with Sam. I've seen some things with him. I think I can do some things. Let, let, let me work with him. Let's go around. Let's try to build, build around him. As you said, let's get some other players. Let's get some help on the offensive line. Let's get some help with receiver. Let's do some things offensively to help build around him. The problem is if you're Joe Douglas – Gordon, are you going to put your your opportunity? Because right. listen, you, you hope not to be in this spot again, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and, are you, and if you're you know, Joe Douglas, that's the issue. Yeah, but if you're Joe Douglas as well, are you going to face? You know, like they're going to interview a lot of people, right? And they're going to get yes. a lot of input from each of these people. If you're Joe Douglas, aren't you going to go with the guy who you is kind of in lockstep with you? Like the whoever the head coach is is not going to convince Joe Douglas of of what he doesn't believe right now. I think he's more likely to go with someone who's already saying, yeah, I would rather take, you know, uh, whoever the, 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 quarter, the consensus quarterback number two is going to end up being mm-hmm. rather than someone who's going to come here and say, you know what, I think we could actually build around Sam if that's not the way Joe Douglas already feels. Yeah, it's true. And, and the other thing that really hurt Sam Darnold is the fact that this is year four. Okay, and yeah, and, and you know, have to pay him soon. Yep, yeah, and in fifth year, and he's he's not a twenty five million dollar quarterback right now. I'm just uh, telling no, you right now, no, <laughs> he's not I even mean, close. <laughs> it's the same thing that's been here the whole time. Are yes. there moments where you think to yourself, you know, as I said, the, the ceiling with Sam could be very, very high. The problem is the floor. I mean, when it's bad, yeah, it is so bad. I mean, and just to think that you would ever find a level of consistency, maybe he will. I just think it's best for everybody to get a fresh start. Him, the organization, everybody. You might as well. You might as well just turn the page and, and mm-hmm. Joe Douglas, this is Joe Douglas, here's your team. And the concern that I have is if I'm a Jet fan, I think he'll do good in the draft because his play the 
the guy he's gotten so far. Becton has shown promise. Mm-hmm. Mims, if he can stay healthy, when he played, he showed some promise. Uh, you got some kids on the defensive side that have shown some things. The free agency has been a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> the free agency, the offensive line free agency has not been good. The corner free agency has not been good. So from a draft I, standpoint, I think he's been okay. From a free agent standpoint, and free agency comes before the draft, that would be my concern if I'm a Jet fan right now. Yeah, uh, although you have to at least consider that, you know, is it possible that the Gase effect, you know, with Miami, when you take a look at the team that Miami had with Gase, it was a far better team than I realized because we had Gase. He was like holding back people. He was holding yeah. back Tannehill. He was holding back Devontae Park. Is it possible that there's actually more talent on the Jets right hmm. now than we are led to believe based on the performance because of the coach that they were playing for? It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hardestine Damer till the top of the hour. That's inside the Jets. Gordon, this is for you. A little music we have. Okay. A little uh, Donny Hathaway. All right. And um, Roberta Flack back together again as we are. There we go. Yeah. Just want to make you feel back at I home. I love we it. Never, we never, we, we left the room the way it was when you left. That's nice. Left I haven't seen that room in a very, very long time. Yeah, I know. But, we, you know, we left it the way it was. You know, you had a couple of things in there. We didn't want to move it. The keyboard is I still there because I know you're playing keyboards and now I know you're great. You've moved oh. on from happy birthday. Now you're doing yep. concerts. Oh, you, you know it. You know it. You know, you find that when people, sometimes they get a little older, they find these uh, talents that they had their entire life. They just didn't know they had. I'm not one of those people. I do not have those talents. Yes, you do. No. Well, None, piano's nothing. not one of them, my friend. Oh, okay. It's not one of them. But... I was encouraged when you left because you played your way out the door. I so, did do that. We're yes, not, I'm not making any promises this time, you know? one 800 Let's go back to the phones. Go ahead and take some more calls. Let's go to Bruce and Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Hey, Bruce. Thank you. Hi. Um, three giant points, if I can. Sure. Number one, next, the new year coming up next season, I tight in. Out, gone. I can't stand anymore. It's bad enough. He drops the ball. He's a pro he bowler, Bruce. And it goes into an interception. Yeah, he, but he's going to the pro bowl. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking because of that, and, and I don't know you know, who he has pictures of, whatever, that he made it to the pro bowl, but um, Ingram, I, because of that, you actually might be able to trade him and get a couple of draft picks from him. He reminds me of the pitcher who has a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and can't locate it, and the pitching coach says, pitching coach says, okay, I can handle him. I can, I can fix him. You know, so even if you can't trade him, you have to cut him, and, and yeah, I think you save like $6, 7000000 million in salary. So first thing, he has to be gone for next year. Second thing, wide receivers. There is no separation among no. these wide receivers. You know, everybody talks about Jones – going downhill. The problem is he has nobody to throw the ball to because nobody's ever open. And there's a lot of the wide receivers coming out. The kids from Alabama. You got the, the wide receiver out of LSU. You got two tight ends in Pitts from Florida and they, the guy from um, Penn State who they call Baby Grunk. So, um, yeah, I can't pronounce his name. I know the guy you're talking about, though. Yeah, so Fairmouth, I think his name is. Starts with an F. Anyway, so 
those, they have to upgrade the offense. And three, I know this may sound strange if you went to time travel and went to a year, year ago, but you have to re-sign Williams. Even if you, if you have to lose Devlin Williamson in the process, this guy, even though it's a contract year, he is the key to that entire defensive line. He gives you that inside pass rush. What do you finish that year with, like nine sacks, 11 sacks? I think he had double digits. Yeah. I think yeah, he had 11. 10, right? I think he had 11. 11 sacks. 11, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a key to that defensive line, and you just have to reward him. And if you keep that defensive line, you know, people keep saying, well, you need an outside pass rush. Well, if you get the inside pass rush, you don't necessarily need an outside pass rush. So those are things the Giants have to do in the offseason, among other things. Uh, I think they like Ingram. I don't think that Ingram's going anywhere. I agree with you on the receiver. I mean, look, getting Saquon back will be a huge bonus to that offense, but mm-hmm. they do have to find a receiver who can get some separation. I mean, you have to go into next year almost like, you know, not make or break, but it has to be a huge step forward for Daniel Jones next year. So if you have Saquon back, you can add, you know, a big receiver. I think their other receivers are good. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're kind of miscast into roles that they really don't, you know, they don't really have like that, that true number one guy. Yeah. So if they were able to find one of them or somebody who can be, you know, grow into that role in the draft, I think that that might put everybody in the right positions. Uh, but yeah, I think the offense clear. I mean, they just don't score any points. I mean, it's not, no. it's not rocket science, right? No, their red zone, their red zone efficiency is awful. And it's unfortunate for them because I think, I think Darius Slayton has, teams have made the adjustment on him. He was able to make some he's plays. Fat. That's what I don't get why he can't you get know. separation. He's like yeah. blazing fast. I know they just made some, they made adjustments on coverage and, and he's not, he's not getting open and they just, you know, they're missing, they're missing him. So the, because he, he was really helping them out, and obviously Golden Tate's not coming back, but yeah. he was a possession guy. He made big catches for them. So yeah, no, absolutely. Know, they they have to they, like you said. That's one of the reasons why I kind of you know I I thought that their offense was going to be better. Go and I didn't know that Saquon was going to be out, but mm-hmm. I thought their offense was going to be better because I thought that Slayton, after what he showed you in year one, he was going to take some big step forward, and you know, it really never transpired. No, he didn't. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on ninety-eight seven. Larry Gordon. Philly insulted football fans yesterday. That's all. It has nothing to do with the Giants. I of come, course on it the does. TV. Richard, why are all the Giants? I don't see any Eagle fans crying about it. Uh, listen, if Howard Cosell and Don Meredith were doing the game last night, boy, you would have heard something. Although Al Michaels and Chris were good. They did. They, they didn't let them get away with it, but that was awful. Since we wanted to sit down, watch a good football game that had meaning, and uh, no, I'm not crying as a Giant fan, but still, that was an insult to us. Were, uh, were you insulted when the Steelers did it yesterday? Yeah, well, I didn't put that game on. <laughs> right, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Well, it doesn't, doesn't well, affect your team. It doesn't matter. Well, Gordon, this was Sunday night primetime. Right, we waited all day for a Sunday night. Well, a little different. Fellas, who does Tom Thibodeau remind you, old school coach from the 70s? Hmm. Got the most out of his talent, never had big talent. Hubie Brown. Doesn't he remind you of Hubie Brown? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You know, the way he talks, straight shooter. Now, what I like what he does with the starting five, these guys mm-hmm. all average 36, 30, like you were saying, Larry, you're afraid these guys would be worn out. When have you ever seen a Nick team? I think you'd have to go back to Mike Woodson's team with uh, Jason Kidd and uh, 
Carmelo in 2012-2013, that mm-hmm. team, where you had a solid starting five day in and day out playing 35-36 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, with uh, Nilakina and, uh, and uh, Obi out, it's going to be hard to see where these guys come in and get the minutes because Quigley, Knox, and Rivers, those guys coming off the bench, they're great. And, uh, all right, Noel has to come back because they need a center. But, boy, yeah. it's good. It looks good. I love what I love what Thibodeau's doing. And what an improvement over Fisdale last year. Oh, I knew we were in trouble with Fisdale. We'd lose by 35 points. And after the game, he was hugging the guys on the other team. <laughs> he was always smiling. He was always having a good time, it seemed like. Oh uh, yeah, I hear you, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. It, it was it was a bit unnerving if you're a Nick fan to see him, you know, just waving because what, what that was his reputation. Everybody loves him. Yeah. All the players in the league love David Fisdale. That was his reputation. He showed it to you. They just didn't love him enough to play for him <laughs> in New York. That was the only problem. That was a problem. It's a pretty Mike big is in one Queens. to overcome. Really, Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Good. Evening, V, Lyarsky, and Gordon Dima. What's up, Mike? Larry, tonight is a big night. Tonight is when we spy Adam Gase and I. You know, I've wanted to do this for two years. Two years, Larry, in the making. But, Larry, in terms of replacing him, Larry, let's all get on the bus, take a bus ride, and see who the potential replacements are. Okay, so we're all on the bus. Good, great, grand, wonderful, Larry. Let's start off with Bill Cowan. Okay, after that, we could go down to Evanston, Illinois, Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald. Okay, and next, right next door, Ames, Iowa, Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Okay, go a bit more south in Norman, Oklahoma, Lincoln, right, Oklahoma. And while we're there, we'll Trevor Lawrence factor, just throw it out there. Let's talk to Tony Elliott in Clemson, South Carolina. Now, let's talk with the NFL, okay? How about Kansas City, the obvious, the OC, Eric Enemy? How about the Buffalo Bills, OC? Okay, Josh Allen, he comes into the league. He has a god-awful, miserable completion percentage. Okay, that was the knock on him. That's why people thought Donald was, would be better. And we are now with the opposite, okay? And how about go down to Nashville, Music City, Arthur Smith, Tennessee Titans, OC. Larry, the New York Jets, now, when they say that Joe uh, Douglas will take the lead, that's good, but I don't want to hear group effort, okay, because a group effort means the owner is involved, okay? I want the owner to tell Douglas, you, you hire the guy, you tell me, give me his name, I'll sign the check. That's what I want. The Jets to totally get away, step away, and give it to Doug, Joe Douglas. Larry, now time for the big finish. Two years in the making. Larry, I told you all, Adam Gates would be a disaster. Look at Miami. Gordon could tell you he was there. And they signed him anyway, and it was still a disaster. So, Adam Gates, I am happy, 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 joy, joy, to inform you. And I want the hat back. Give me the hat. You get nothing. You lose good day, sir. Adam Gates. All right, Mike. Thanks for the call. Mike was going on so long, I thought they were going to rehire Gase. I thought we were going to go full circle there for a second. Under no conditions are we rehiring Gase. You don't have to worry about that. Under no (laughs) conditions. Danny's in Yonkers. Hey, Danny, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Danny. Listen to the the phone, Danny. Hello? Yeah, Yeah, Danny. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say, uh, after watching Justin Fields on, what was it, Thursday night, that I think that kid showed more heart in that one game than Sam Donald has in three years, and I think it's a big mistake if the Jets don't take him with that second pick. 
Well, Danny, uh, he, I mean, yeah. it's amazing how quickly. Here's the rub, right? Like, <laughs> for forever, we've heard about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. And we all kind of, all the experts say this guy can't miss. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields was, he's going to be right there with him. Then he had, you know, two or three bad games in a row. And now, oh, well, you know what, Justin Fields, he's not as good. And then he has one big game against Clemson, and all, right back, he's number two again. I don't know how you can, um, at this point, I, I, I think you need to see a whole lot more before you can feel confident uh, in any of the other guys you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence. Now, I'm sure they're all going to get drafted very, very high, and I'm sure that, uh, that Justin Fields is going to do very, very well when it comes to like the combine because he's just such a great athlete. Um, I would be a little, I don't know. I think it has to be the right fit. And I don't know necessarily that, that I would be risking. If I'm Joe Douglas, I'm basically risking my job on this pick. I don't know yeah. if I'd be risking it on him. It's really hard. And I agree with you, Gordon. I like what I've seen from fields, uh, his movement in the pocket, being able to extend plays and throwing the football. My biggest problem with all the college quarterbacks is they throw the people who, in the NFL, nobody will ever be that, that wide open, open unless again. the corner right. gets a hamstring and goes down. Right. I mean, you're looking at 10 yards of separation. That's not happening in the National Football League. That's why these a lot of the players, quarterbacks, have the problem making that adjustment. They're like, but it's so close. We never have them that close in college. And what, what's considered open in the National Football League, you wouldn't even throw it that way in college. Yeah. That's the big problem. You look at the guys that Tua was throwing to, and all of a sudden he's like, wait a second, that guy's not open. No. Uh, yeah, actually in the NFL he is open, and you have to, you yeah. have to be able to, to make that throw. And all of a sudden, you know, he didn't throw a lot of picks the, 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 the entire season until uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, there's a, you know, you take a look at the receivers that he had at Alabama between Ruggs and the guys that are coming out this year. I mean, he had unbelievable players. Yeah, he sure did. He really did, and um, they didn't come with him. No. Nope. Well, maybe we could get a couple. We got that. Here's a, no, let me ask you this, Larry. What do you think mm-hmm. about this? This is crazy. This is what I think about in my free time. Okay. The Dolphins have the Texans pick, right? Yeah. The third pick in the draft. Number three. Yeah. Now, they also have their second-round pick. What, if you, who says no to this trade? The Dolphins offer the Texans back their picks mm-hmm. and Tua for Deshaun Watson. Who says no? Texans. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. They I think have they nothing. Might. They have no picks. They have nothing to put around this guy. I know, but I I just, you know, I don't I don't think they would I don't think they would do it. He's still I mean, only 25. It feels like he's been in the league forever. And and you know, I hate to do this to Jet fans, but I told them because remember, he he was in the Jamal Adams. Oh, field. yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I said to them, "Don't take don't take Adams. Take the quarterback. You need a quarterback. You don't need a safety." You need a quarterback. Take him. But then again, you know, if he had been here, he probably wouldn't have been as successful as he was in, with, with the Texans for those couple of years. I don't know, man. The Texans, that, that, that roster and that future, boy, that's going to be a little rough uh, for the it next is. couple of years for him. It, oh, there's no question about it. But at least, you know, at least O'Brien knew how to deal with quarterbacks. He also knew how to trade away great players and <laughs> he great wasn't a great GM. <laughs> he God. wasn't a great GM, that's for sure. On, on the resume, cross out GM. <laughs> like it never happened. <laughs> Don't put that on the resume. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take more of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. I know you know about our new morning show, DPHO Canteen Rothenberg, DCR, 5 a.m. 5 in the morning until 8. Then at 8 o'clock, Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, and Damer. 
Mm-hmm. They're all together. Bart Scott will be on the show tomorrow. Paul Feinbaum, Lorenzo Alexander, and Mel Kuyper Jr., part of Keyshawn J. Will Zubin and Damer. Also, Greeny <laughs> from 10 to noon, along with Damer. Bart and Han from this noon to like two. This sounds like an amazing lineup. I'm just going to tell oh, you right I'm now. I love you. this lineup. Isn't it great? It's, it's outstanding. Great. Bart and Han from noon to two. Down at the pier, they'll be overlooking water and freezing. Max Kellerman from 2 to 3. Of course, the Michael K. Show from 255 to 7. Joe Douglas on the show tomorrow. Oh, he'll have a lot to say. We'll be talking about him tomorrow night on the show. Keyshawn Johnson will join them at 530. Of course, Carlin from 7 to 10. And Gordon and I will be waiting for you from 10 to midnight right back here on 98.7 ESPN on ESPN New York tonight. Back to the phones we go. Trey is in Brooklyn, Texas. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. What's going on, fellas? Good to have you back, Gordon. Trey, good to hear you, man. Yeah, you as well, man. Um, you know, Larry, you know, you know, seven games, man. I like what I see so far from these Knicks, man. They play, mm-hmm. they play with, a, you know, they play with a, a certain type of like a, a, a energy that I like, man. I'm, I'm, good. I'm glad to see the guard play is a lot better than last year. You know, Austin Rivers is a huge help to. You can see not just on the floor, but off the floor. Mm-hmm. You can see it. You can see it. It's a difference. It's a total difference. Um, I'm going to stay cautiously optimistic, man. I ain't going to jump out the window over four and three, but <laughs> I like the way they play so far. You can see that Woodson is bringing a defensive energy to that team as well, and they and, and he got those guys playing. I like I like how Nerlens Noel is pushing Mitchell Robinson, too, because yeah. there's certain things that Nerlens Noel can do that Mitchell Robinson can't do. You see what I'm saying? And vice yes. versa. So I like the way that they're bringing it right there, but it's, it's early. You know, I, but I like what I'm seeing. It, it, you know, again, they go up and down because that's what bad teams do. But I like what they're doing so far. Yeah, you're, you're encouraged, and, and the young players are learning. And, and that's what you like is the fact that they're learning and getting better. You know, that, that's, 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 what's, that's the important thing. And so as long as they keep learning and getting better, Trey, that's what you hope for. And then, Gordon, then you at the, at the midpoint, you know, depending on what happens, then you look and you see where you are and you say, hey, you know what? Maybe we can move some people. Maybe we got some expiring contracts. Maybe we can move some people and get something, get some more draft choices and then continue to rebuild on the fly. Well, look, I mean, it's certainly a brighter, as I brought up uh, at the Open, you know, they, they've won four games out of seven. Last year they won their five out of their first 25. So yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a, I don't know. I'm not expecting that they're just going to go out there and win every single night. Mm-hmm. But it is certainly a brighter future right now, at least so far, uh, seven games into the year than it was last year or Sa- the last few. Sam's in Brooklyn. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Yeah. Um, hey, ha- happy New Year's, guys. Same to you, Sam. Um, this, might, this might sound a little bit dumb, but I'm getting a little bit nervous with the next super slow start. And also, Kevin Durant is now out for seven days. Because he came in contact with someone. And I'm not happy about that. And also, very quickly on the Giants, no offense to Giants fans, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I don't care. You know, it's exciting. But, like, if you win six games, you just don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, here's the thing for Giant fans upset about everything. The, the, the Washington's going to get smoked, too. Like, no matter which mm-hmm. team came out of NFC East, they all stink. Yeah. And I'm and I'm really concerned about Al, for Alex Smith because you know Todd Bowles loves to to blitz and he's going to be sitting there. He's not running anywhere, Gordon. Nope. He's going to be sitting right in that pocket, and 
you know, Tampa, he loves to blitz. They love to play an aggressive defense. It, 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 I'm concerned for him. You saw him just trying to run last night. It was scary. Yeah, well, look, I mean, that first hit back, right? When, yeah. when uh, Aaron Donald is, is jumping on his back, uh, you're, you're holding your breath, um, you know, with what it's taken to hit for him to get back. I, I hope he has, you know, um, a storybook kind of ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't have a lot of faith. Out, out of all the teams that are going to be playing in wild card, we, I don't have a lot of faith that Washington is going to do a whole lot. No, I don't either. But I, listen, six games in two, two days is nice. Oh, it's I'm, fantastic. I'm I mean, this is the best thing. In, it's, I mean, come on. Who, who wouldn't love that? <laughs> That's going to be exciting. That, you know, and the matchups are you – know, you got pretty good matchups. You, you understand, like you mentioned about Tampa and the Giants, but still you got some pretty good matchups here, and, and a lot of them are, are rematches of games that you just had, like Pittsburgh and Cleveland are going at it again. Yeah, that one, it, that one to me is the most interesting of them because, mm-hmm. like, the Steelers have not played good football for a complete game in, like, probably a month, right? Yeah. But yet every year we see a team like the Browns, a team that gets into the playoffs in the last week and then they get in, and sometimes they're just kind of happy to be there. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know which – that one to me is the most interesting to see because I don't have a lot of faith in the Browns. But I really don't have any faith in the Steelers, like getting the you know the, the the ship pointed in the right direction at this point. So I don't know which way that that one I, is a complete toss up to me. It is, it is, and we'll talk more about that as we go on through the week. Gordon, I gotta get to, before we get to this call. I'm just curious, what would you do in Philly? Do you move Wentz? I mean, I, you know, I thought about this since you're moving Tua to to uh, yeah. Texans. Would you move Wentz? And I guess, I guess the rumor is, you know, Frank Reich would love to have him back in Indy because, uh, you know, he's got the quarterback that's probably retiring. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if there's someone who can take him, I, I, I don't. In terms of the money, I, yeah, I don't man. even know how you would even. And really, is that the worst contract in oh, the history bad. of sports? Because that extension. Doesn't start until next year. And the guy's contract is a complete albatross. Yeah. The team can't wait to get, get rid of him. It might yeah. be the worst contract. Usually when you get a contract extension, you know, at the beginning at least it's good or maybe it goes south, you know, a year or two in. Mm-hmm. That one hasn't even started yet and it's already a disaster. I know. Yeah, and I know. then. So I look if they can move him basically for anything then, at this point just to kind of get rid of the money. Mm-hmm. I think you almost have. I mean that that relationship is just so poisoned at this point, and it just seems like you know at one point really if the Eagles wanted to tank, I brought this up to you in the pre-show. If the Eagles really wanted to tank, they probably should have started once from the opening t- <laughs> opening kickoff, right? I mean, at one point this right. year he led the NFL in sacks, interceptions, and fumbles. Unbelievable. All at the same time. Triple doubles. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's a contract I can think that might be worse, Gordon. Uh, Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by the Mets. Still. But you know what? It, and actually, I've, I've always brought that one in the, the, up in the past, but it turns out that the Mets, because of the money they were able to save at that time, mm-hmm. I have to go back and kind of research it, but they were actually able to sign some free agents at other points. Yeah. So, yes, Bobby Bonilla has made out very, very well for himself. Uh-huh. But I think in terms of – I mean, at least with Bobby Bonilla, they had some, some high points with him, right? I mean, this yeah. one, it hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Wow, that's bad. That's, that that's bad. hard to top. It is. Andrew's in Staten Island. Hey, Andrew, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's, what's up, Andrew? Andrew? Um, I just want to say two things real quick. Number one uh, – 
Who would have thought that through seven games the Knicks would be better than the Nets at four and three and the Nets at three and four? Who saw that coming? Not me. <laughs> Not, yeah, I don't think any of us did. No. And number two, I want to ask you guys personally, do you think Doug Peterson pulled Jalen Hurts purposely uh, to spite the Giants and to keep them out of the playoffs? If he did, I think the motivation was probably – the draft pick. I think that that was the primary motivation. But I'll say this. If it was to keep the Giants out of the playoffs, I got to kind of respect the game. Mm. I got I the, the hatred of another team within your division. If the Giants benefited from that, oh, my God, Giant fans would be celebrating that person today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's no question. They would be. There's no question about it. But I, I, I think it just happened to be – here, here was the problem, Gordon. He's like, listen, we'll start Wentz. I mean, we'll start Hurts, and we'll go out there. What do you mean we're only down three? Right, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? We're a little too close for comfort no, here. Let no, me throw we got, this guy out there. Yeah, I want to make sure we get this. And and you know what? When when And this is for fans who you understand. When we tell you that players don't tank, this is exactly what we're talking about. Players don't tank. Coaches and management tanks. And that's what happens. That's when he pulled that player off. That's how you control the narrative there. It's very simple. That's how yeah, you Yeah, I, I just have to think that it had to have been partly an organizational decision. Absolutely. I mean, if Doug Peterson did that on his own, he would be risking being fired, right? Yes. I mean, you have to think that if he did that on his own, he would be on the hot seat. And it doesn't seem like he's on the hot seat with the Eagles organization. Not at that press conference today. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Gordon, we'll see you tomorrow night, my friend. I'll be back, Larry. All right, sounds good. Can't get rid of me. I know. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Jake, Brian, thank you very much. Gordon, we'll see you tomorrow following Carlin at 10 on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.